Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place that we could have meaningful conversation in a safe place. And we are your hosts, Pastor David. We got Pastor Caesar. Feeling very safe. And we got James. Feeling dangerous. I like dangerous. That. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling I don't you. have one of those sounds, but <laughs> yeah. if I did, I'd used it. <laughs> <laughs> so first podcast back since the um the uh convocation. How you guys feeling? I feel like we haven't done a podcast in forever. Yeah. Well, in in between that time, we had a baby. Wow. Mm. Well, congratulations mm. on the baby. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad you hit the right button this yeah, time. No, womp, womp, womp. <laughs> yeah, we had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but little little Penelope, little baby girl, she's killing the baby game, and uh, it, it's awesome to be her dad. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, everybody's nice. doing well. So, uh, sleepless nights, but um, yeah, but she's a great baby. How's, so Theo, how's Theo doing with it? Man, he's he's gonna win Big Brother of the Year award. Yeah, yeah, yeah he awesome. he loves her, taking care of her, and very protective of her. Um, always giving her kisses and stuff, and yeah, it's real That's nice. Awesome. I just, how, how old is he now? He's turning four. Wow, so he's four years yeah. old. He's turning four in a. So he'll be a months. senior in high school when she's a freshman. Yeah, and and I, and that's super important, like for us, you know, being you know youth pastors for for now six years. Six years. Wow. And and to be able to see whenever siblings get in the youth together, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if, if they're a few years apart, then they're always kind of, you know, crossing each other's lines and stuff. But to be the, uh, like in our case, he's going to be a senior. She'll be a freshman. So, you know, he'll be able to look out for her and have all his minions look out for her, too, as yeah. whenever he gets out of there. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I, seen a, I just recently seen a video where um, I guess about three or four-year-old crawled in the bed the, the little baby was crying right so he comes and it was like the night vision camera he comes and then you just seen this like blanket and pillow just like appear in this the crib out of nowhere and then you see the baby crawl up over the crib and then cover his his little brother or sister up with his blanket uh-huh. and then lay down kiss her on the forehead and then they both go back to sleep and i was just like of course, you know the older I get, yeah, I'm over there trying yeah, to yeah. trying to call my tears in. You want her to be warm, <laughs> so I just thought that was you know a, a sweet moment in life. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's what I was thinking about Theo. Like, how, what kind of brother is he, or is he going to be that brother that like he's, she's taking all my time from my mama and daddy? And I don't know. there's those two. I, you know, I don't know. I hope not. But he's been he's been killing it too. So yeah, they're both they're they're both doing really well. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Marina's doing good. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, strong. Very good. Very Shout nice. out to Marina for bringing another baby in this world. Yeah, man, that, that stuff really is a miracle. It's crazy. Like, when I think about uh, just how the amount of pain they are whenever they're in labor and just, like, guys can't handle that. We no. get we get a cold and we're like, yeah, I'm, dying. I'm dying. I don't know Help about me. that. <laughs> I don't do that when I get a cold. I mean, but, like, whenever you get sick, yeah. you, you just don't, you don't, there's a certain way, like you're sick and your mom calls you and she's, oh, James, you oh, sick? Yeah. And then the way that she takes care, doesn't that make you just feel a certain way? I want my mom to leave me alone when I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> Only James. I just, <laughs> yes, I will confirm you, what you're saying. Yes. You, I can't you. <laughs> Let me point this direction. Dude, dude, my, my mom, <laughs> she is so great. I, she actually kind of listens now I'm, sometimes. My mom. She, he started that. She is so she great. Is Mom, great. I don't want you, she, but... She tries so hard to a fault. 
you don't even have to be six. She'll just if I just show up to the house for any reason, it's constantly, "Can I get you this? Can I get you that? You feel good here? You need more water? You need this? You need that?" And it's just so. If I was sick too, I, is you too hot? You need a blanket? You need this? Mm-hmm. It's like, and you're sick, so you know you your your temper's a little. <laughs> so what does your mom call you? Did you, she have a nickname for you? Uh, Little Jamie or something. They all call me Baby James. Baby James. Where Baby James uh, come who's from? Who's Big James? Uh, it's from that old James Taylor song. Oh, okay. Not a related James thing. Just, uh, I think that's. Yeah, I think that's why they started it. Do you, do you have a nickname? No. no. Well, well, Caesar's your nickname, right? Yeah. It's my middle name, but right. yeah, but I mean, my dad he calls me something different every day, so it's he's always making up little names. But no, Caesar to everybody. My mom, I guess she calls me C's. C's. Yeah. Uh, Mary Walker calls me CZ. 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 I'm Bubba to my sister, uh, and my mom and my dad. They're the only ones. Well, I guess my dad's side of the family call me Bubba, uh, and then everybody else just calls me David. But David's my middle name too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. What was your first name? William. William. That's yeah. right. That's I got a lot of nicknames. You're, and you're a junior, family. right? I'm a second. Oh. Yeah. My mom doesn't like it when you call me junior oh. for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a second. So now I tell everybody, no, I'm a second. Second does sound more noble. Yeah. Than junior. So like, if it was a third, what are they called? Not junior? Are they still considered the juniors? The third. The third. Yeah, I think the junior only applies to the second, right? Yeah. I would take the third over. You know, if it, if that. I'd, I'd love yeah. to be the third and be called Trey. He said that with so much serious. Like he's thought about that before. Well, my cousin's name's Trey, and he's Tinsley Ford Hatley the Third. They call we call him Trey. Yeah, so. those are two things that don't really seem like they belong in the... Tinsley. Tinsley. Wow. Tim. I guess that's the Tim where you get Tim from. No. Timothy. No. <laughs> yeah, it's Timothy. T-I-N Tinsley or isn't a real name, but M or N. Milk Tin. or nachos? <laughs> I don't even know Tinsley. I guess that's the end, right? Tinsley. Tinsley. We call him Tim. I've never Uncle heard Tim. Tinsley before. No, that's the first time for me, too. It's an Alabama thing. Yeah. Some things in Alabama. <laughs> a bunch of Tinsleys running around yeah, yeah. Bama. Some things the in back, Alabama you just don't understand. The back uh-huh. Bama country as Tinsley. Yeah. Tinsley's town. I feel like we're going to get in trouble soon. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm hey, gonna, Tinsley's a great name. That's where I stopped in right. Alabama. That's where I stopped. I think Tinsley's a good name. It is. It it's is a great, great name. name. It's a different Especially name. Especially when you're the third, you get to call Trey. Yeah. It's so good, they don't even use it. They call it <laughs> Trey. <laughs> Does she love when people are like, I'm going to name my kid this, but we're going to call him this. I'm like, that's what the name's for. (laughs) You can't just keep giving him a bunch of... Anyway, (laughs) I just... Whenever people give somebody a name and they don't want somebody else to call them something different, like, it's like, who are you to tell other people that they can't call your kid what they want to call them? I guess. I think it's... I mean, I kind of think it's weird, like you said. Like, you, you're going to name them. It's different if you just pick up a nickname mm-hmm. over the years or, you know, yeah. whatever it may be. You're, you're little and you start doing something and mm-hmm. it kind of sticks. But then just to name your kid something, I'm going to like, nah. But we're not ever going to call him. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's kind of weird. That's for the paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> It's more like I got a royal name, William. Yeah, there you go. The second. The second. But it sucks because, like, when I was in school, I thought William was, like, dumb and mm-hmm. kind of weird. Yeah. And so every every time they New Year start, William Hatley, <laughs> you're like, I go by David. Like, you have to do that every every year. It's just dumb. Well, when it, when yeah. it, whenever I first came to Elam, you know, I, everywhere else, my first name is Paul. Well, uh-huh. My full name is Paulo, P-A-U-L-O, Paul with a no at the end. Yeah. I always have to say that. Right. Um, 
because people say Pablo. No, it's not Pablo. It's you know they Paul s- with an O. They always congest it. Yeah, when they yeah always. Always Pablo. Yeah. I'm like I don't know who that is, lady. Like you get a B at it, right? You get yeah. that B. Well, yeah. I've always been called Hartley my whole life. There's no uh, R in my name. Yeah. Like where yeah. do you? Where does everybody pick up the R? I don't. Whenever I to this day, whenever I still try to spell your last name, I have to remember Hate Lee. Yep. Always, that's how I write hey, it down. Shout it's out more to like Lee. Hat, <laughs> it's more like Hat Lee. I guess we were hat makers or something. <laughs> uh, shout out to Lee. The third of your generation hat maker. Uh, <laughs> anyway, what was I talking about? I don't know. Our names. Oh a no, good no, name. no 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 <laughs> no. Whenever I first came to the church, and so my middle name is Caesar. Well. Whenever I transitioned over to the church, right, every people from my old church thought that I was just uh, trying to create a new identity or something. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, he's so ashamed he left his church. You know, no, that wasn't it. It's I had family that was going to Elam before I showed up, mm-hmm. and my family calls me Caesar. So whenever I was around him, new place, new church, he's introducing me to the people of Elam as what he calls me. So Caesar, Caesar, Caesar. And uh, whenever I show up, I'm like, uh, people would ask me, I did this to Marina. Uh, she was, uh, what's your name? I, I didn't know what to tell her. I, 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 <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's like, oh, he's, he, uh, oh, you're one uh, of those. You know, that's probably what she thought. And I didn't know. I what, thought she was on like the <laughs> mailbox down there with yeah, all these <laughs> wanted, don't want to give you a real name out. It's like, oh, he doesn't know English. A classic <laughs> Elam. Uh, okay, so. Everybody calls you Caesar, but at this new church, you decided to go by Paul? What? No, no, no. Everybody called him Paul, Paul except for... At work, I'm Paul. School, I'm Paul. I've always been Paul. Except, except for the one family. Except, except for family. Elam. Yeah. Yeah, except for Elam and family. So now it's... Like your regular family family? Yeah. Like your dad, mom, yeah, everybody's, everybody's Caesar? It's Caesar. My middle name, it's... So it's... why don't you go by that and like in... All the other Paul situations. Because that's whenever they tell you, you know, you go to any professional place or anything, right? First name, last name, yeah. Paul. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And middle initial. But I never put middle initial. Yeah. You know, it's just Paul. So it's always been Paul. But I show up to church and now I'm like, I'm a new person and, right. you know, I'm ashamed yeah. of my identity. Right, so yeah. I'm trying to get new friends and stuff. And that's how it was. Yeah. Interesting. I had a I have a friend who I've met in kindergarten and his name's Preston Tucker Moody and he always went by Tucker. So I called him, you know, all through I've known him since we were five and I still know him. So I've always called him Tucker. But somewhere like late high school, he started he was like, you know what, I'm gonna go with Preston. And then out we graduate high school and then in all of his professional life, mm-hmm. he would always he just started using Preston. And so if I ever if I ever see him and he's with like a work friend or somebody he met after high school, they're mm-hmm. always like Preston and they're like, wait, who's Tucker? And I'm like, dude, I've been calling him Tucker since I was five. Like, we're not, I'm not changing it. Yeah, and we're this, not, we're <laughs> not on the <laughs> This is, you are Tucker. Right. That sounds like a real and cool And he's name. cool with it. He's like, he's not like, he's not like, please, if you could just please call me Preston. It's just like, for at some point, he just shifted and was like, you know what? I'm going with Preston now. Sounds like he can be a lawyer. P.T. Moody? I don't know. I mean, yeah, come no, on. for sure. Yeah. Definitely. No, he the works, law firms of he, the he, he works for the, the, uh, third. the Pasadena Police <laughs> Department. So he's, well, in, he's you, in the law. If you got a strange nickname out there, let us know. If yeah. you if see us, hit us up on refugeproject.gmail.com. And let us know your strange nickname. You're about to shout out a website. I was like, we have a website? <laughs> no, we don't have a website yet. We got to get one, I guess. Uh, just a little time, right? Yeah. 
Uh, all right, well, let's jump right into Culture Corner. Nova puts baby in the corner. <laughs> what you got for us, James? Got some animal stuff? Yeah, it's the listen. <laughs> oh, I, rem- I know what this yeah, is. Now you you said something. You I, I didn't read it. So. I did, I, neither did I. I okay. just saw it, and I was like, James, this is all you, bro. So like like a week and a half or two ago, Caesar sends in a group text message a link to this article. And uh, he says, James, this is all you. And the title of the article is, This fugitive flamingo was just spotted in Texas after escaping from his Kansas zoo 17 years ago. And angers me for some reason. And so I was like, I guess I got to do that article. That's that's a pretty good headline, right? Fugitive flamingo. Yeah. So this whole article, I keep reading, like waiting to see what crime. I feel like this is going to be at the end. It's going to be like some pink haired chick that changed her pronouns. (laughs) That would have been. Fugitive flamingo. I'm a ma'am. You see that video? I am a ma'am. Oh, that would have been a way better article. <laughs> Sorry to ruin your article. Go ahead. I mean, this article is not even interesting anymore. I come on, please tell us about this transphobic. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, flamingo. So yeah, so it's a fugitive flamingo is what they kept saying. So I kept waiting to see. Like, what crime this flamingo committed? Like, I kept waiting to read that he, like, mugged somebody or kicked a baby or something. But this flamingo didn't do anything. He escaped from a Kansas City zoo, a zoo of which he was kidnapped from Tanzania and taken to. So he was in slavery. Yeah, and he just escaped, and now he's a fugitive, according to them. He was just trying to take back what was his. Yeah, so what happened was, uh, apparently they snip a part of their wings every year okay, so that they can't fly. And at some point they just forgot. Mm. Uh, they'd have to do it every year. And uh, they claim it's just like getting a haircut for us. Yeah, sure. It is. You know, it's know. not, you know, for us, they would cut our big toe off. Yeah. So we, so could we can't walk. walk. <laughs> I, I mean, but it's the same as getting a haircut. I don't know, man. That's not the point of the story. The point is though, they forgot. And so he, he's a uh, black fl- flamingo, though, right? No, no, no. It's a pink flamingo. But he's from Tanzania. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Af- African, right? Stop. <laughs> so anyway, Caesar's so opinions did... does not reflect <laughs> the refuse project in any way. What's so offensive about that? He thinks black people are in Tanzania. That's not offensive, are, right? I'm just Africa, trying to separate it? myself. That's all right. <laughs> that's just... you're, you're the blackest one in this room. <laughs> on the inside, on the outside. Pasty. I don't know. Am I darker than you? I'm not dark, mm-hmm. and I might be darker than you. I don't know. I'm a white. I don't know. You're like a sand. I don't know. I'm pretty dark, but I'm, I mean, under here is white. James, you're like a like yeah, a white sand beach kind of complexion. I'll take that any day. That sounded nice. Yeah, we should. Yeah, I'll just I'm just gonna. Yeah, just go ahead. Yeah, please. I like it. Um. Anyway, so yeah, flamingo. so he escapes because they didn't clip his wings, and. uh they haven't seen him for 17 years, which I didn't even realize flamingos live that long. Apparently, they live up to, like, 40, what? which is crazy. So that was 17 years ago. This dude in Texas saw him, and he <laughs> then the guy's quotes in here. Didn't you have a pet flamingo 40 years ago? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so a guy sees a flamingo, and he's just like, hey, flamingos aren't from here. And uh, So he was just chilling by himself, or he just, like, no, he's a, integrated um, with some ducks? Um, the picture on here, he's just at the beach or seagulls and stuff. 
Huh. Yeah. What a lonely life. Well, so it wasn't actually that lonely because he also so there was a flamingo from Oh, did they say it was from South America in mm, here? Interracial relationship. It was somewhere. It's a different species of flamingo, still also not native to Texas. And he escaped from Brazil? It wasn't Brazil. I don't remember the exact So you got a black here. flamingo. No, not a black one. <laughs> no, he's pink, but he's from Tanzania, East Africa. Uh-huh. So he's Okay, black. so this, this other flamingo, he was from the Caribbean. He's a Caribbean flamingo. Caribbean. So, and they were buddies, Oh, I bet apparently. you those are pretty babies. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Caribbean black. I bet, yeah. you they, I bet you those are from Kansas. They would yeah. have great music too. I mean, we saw yeah. Rio. We did. I saw it. You saw probably fell asleep during Rio. Oh, I actually seen Rio. Yeah. Pretty good movie. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Lots of music. Yeah. Anyway, but apparently those flamingos have been spotted together a bunch and they're like buds. Okay. And so uh, now when they captured the other one back they took both of them well so they didn't capture the other one the really? kansas city zoo just said ah it's cool after 17 years so yeah. how do they know what was the one because he's got a tag on okay. his leg so he's a tad he's flamingo he's number ta- 492 <laughs> <laughs> we've he's done a, not we've done good not to get counseled until this he's point a tatted no he's not stop oh my no is there any useful information in there before we go What's on? What's his name? Did uh, he have a name? That's it. The ending quote from the Texan who saw him said, A flamingo in South Texas. Wow. Who'd have thought? I love the accent. Mm. That's how it was written. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? It sounded like he'd been from New Orleans. Who'd have? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said we, we were going to stop because we're going to be can- <laughs> You just came back from New Orleans. Tell us. <laughs> you see any flamingos? So that's it, man. Flamingo's on the run. And he was on the run so long that they said it's cool. They didn't mention his name? He's number 42. That's his name. He's like, he's like Lilo and Stitch. He's 626. <laughs> he's 40. He's 492. So my, that's, a, I mean, pretty interesting. Like, they just let him go. Which, I, the, what I'm getting from the story is if you break out of jail and you People? survive for long enough, they might just say it's cool. People or animals? For sure with the animals. So that was what thirteen years? It said seventeen. Seventeen years. years. Man, I mean, I've seen people go back to jail after forty or fifty, mm. which sucks. Like yeah. they they take you to jail and you're like sixty five. You've been out for forty years. Honestly, that's the way to do it, though. If you're gonna get a crime, get convicted of a crime, give them like you know your last twenty years, not not your thirties and forties. Right. Yeah. Give me. I'd rather give them like my seventies and eighties. It depends on the crime. Yeah. So speaking of crime, Ooh. we were in uh, New Orleans and, you know, pastor took three criminals with him. <laughs> and we were. Oh, we yeah. Were, so how did the trip go? Y'all went down there. What were y'all doing? People. Was down there for a, a pastor's conference at Mike Malay's church uh, fellowship. Not fellowship. You still white, white dove. dove fellowship. Uh, amazing time. We had a really good time. Uh, we, we seen some uh, pretty cool stuff in the fire water. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he talked about that. Uh, yeah, so that was pretty cool. Today. This uh, demon manifested in this chick, and uh, the wrong dude that day that was in the water with this girl because he just grabbed her by the face and started speaking to that thing. And good thing there was there uh, people there to catch her because that demon left her, and she's like bloop and went underwater. They had to pick her up back back Ooh. out of the water because it was. Uh, 
yeah, she just went limp on them. Yeah. But uh, uh, they had they had some pretty cool videos of the last time they did this, where this this lady was, when I say, uh, riddled with tumors. I mean, just all over her body, and uh, they had both X rays there. Mm-hmm. The day that she got baptized, she went to the doctor and had her um, X rays done again. And it was all gone. Wow. Uh, it was just it just the the two pictures side by side. It's just wow. amazing. And then the little boy that was blind, and when he came up out of the water, he um, he began to look around and begin to have this this grin on your face. You know, like. Oh my gosh! Like I can see. You can see a genuine expression yeah. of surprise, and yeah. I can see. I can see, and then they put another video where he was playing on a baseball field to hit a home run. Wow! You know, so it was just one of those things where, not only you know, because you can say, well, maybe this guy was in a temporary state where he thought he was not blind anymore, or he got caught up in the moment and said, but it was it was a young kid. Maybe he was like ten or eleven years old, so you mm-hmm. would think he wouldn't fake it, but. Then to see him hit a home run, yeah, and, and run the bases and be able to see was just, just amazing, you know, just mm-hmm. to see that God is still doing miracles. Yeah, I think know? I think people have a real bad taste in their mouth when it comes to the miraculous because of all those uh, shysters and you know Benny Hinn types where yeah. they just go out there and, uh, you know, they, they paid actors and we've right. all seen the controversies that. Over the years that people have gone out and they've tried to verify if there was any miracles taking place in these churches and these people were either like paid actors or just some crazies and right. I don't know. But it's really cool to see genuine manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Why do they call it fire water? Did they tell you that? I didn't say. He just kept calling it fire water. And it was actually a uh, above ground pool that they had put in their youth sanctuary. Mm. Um, pretty big church. And... Um, and then they had the ramp. They had the stage on one end. There's fire water on the other end. And there was there was some rules where like, um, like if you wasn't part of their, their prayer team, mm-hmm. authorized prayer team, like if you weren't getting called up, like you weren't allowed. Yeah. You know, they just wanted to make sure who was there was qualified to be there, mm-hmm. and, um, that that demon didn't look at you and I, you know, jump on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. jump on you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was pretty organized. You can tell that they've done a lot of them because you you go in there and you sign up in this on this iPad, and then you're given a letter and cards that are laminated, mm-hmm. and uh, and they call your group up. So they've yeah. done it's a lo- system. Huh? It's a system, and they've done a lot of these, and uh, and uh, so pretty cool, pretty cool. Something well, different than we're used to, you know. Yeah. Whenever you say fire water, I think of uh, uh, what the Indians, or at least in, <laughs> in what old westerns, right? Whenever they say fire water, wasn't that like gin or whiskey or something? About that old fire water, oh, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah, sounds about yeah. right. But I don't know if that's historically accurate. So, yeah, I'm, I don't I'm know. Just gonna say it is, but I know um, it was doing some things. You know, that's awesome. It was doing some things. Um, anyways, that wasn't my story. My story was. I mean, we a lot of us have been hearing or may have not heard about Hillsong. We know that several of their pastors here in the states have become um, in, you know part of entanglements uh inappropriate um, you're using jada language yeah, <laughs> yeah nobody slap me please uh, <laughs> well it just came out not too long ago now pastor houston from uh their global church th- there in australia has come out and confessed 
to some. He hasn't confessed to anything like, you know, having sex with any other women, but there were some, I think, some drinking and being around women without anybody else there. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's some other things going on, but their board is really keeping it hush-hush about what's really going on. Yeah. Um, which is a sad thing because Hillsong, um, they've done a lot of good things in the faith. Um, their music has traveled the world and has been at a staple of, I would say, just about every mm-hmm. every church in America if, you, mm-hmm. if they played music. Um, just really good stuff. Well, now what's going on, you have Hillsong Phoenix and Hillsong Atlanta. And Hillsong Atlanta was the first black pastor that came along the side of Hillsong. Um, both of them have came out to saying that they are now dropping the Hillsong uh, name because they're no longer able to defend uh, what's going on in the global church. Mm-hmm. And they think that it's more harmful than it is um, uh helpful to their ministries. Mm-hmm. So they're stepping away. And I think uh, you're going you're gonna to start seeing more and more of this in these larger churches when the failures happen. Uh, one of the pastors that we're talking about, he tried to go to the board of directors of the global church and ask for to be released um, because what was happening when all this stuff was going on, I guess there was a stir in the churches that they have their name on. And so, like, all of a sudden, these non-competes started going out. And they wanted everybody to sign a non-compete uh, because, I guess, so many of these churches were trying to distance distance themselves with mm-hmm. the church. Um, and that would prevent them from serving their communities for a whole year. Uh, which, listen, if that's what you want to do, that's fine, but don't do it in a time like that. Mm-hmm. Either do it before or let all this pass over and then implement something like that. Yeah. Don't don't try to lasso the local church when you've already done so much damage. Yeah. You know, uh, so I think that uh, it's, it's kind of cool to see these pastors distance themselves. Um, the... The one in Atlanta, he's like, so basically he shut this church down for two weeks. He already used the infrastructure and everything that he already had, his staff, everybody. They just shut it down um, from Hillsong, and they're, they're going to reopen Easter Sunday as Story Church. Here it is. Same building, go. same everything, same, you know, and they're just, he said, look, I, I've, I started this to serve my community, not to hurt my community. And right now the Hillsong Church is hurting communities. Mm. So, um, and he said, that's what we're not. The other guy from Phoenix said that when the business, secular businesses are more, um, transparent than the church is, there's something wrong with the local church. Yeah. And um and that's kind of his his take with the way he has been treated with the Hillsong. The investigations have not been said to be public. Uh even when the Hillsong churches are asking uh to take names, take addresses and stuff like that could be doxxed or whatever. Just take it out, but release the report to see what actually really happened. Yeah. Uh, especially when you're taking public money from, you know, donations and stuff that the the, the public should have that information. So. Yeah. And the, 
it, it's sad because we can we can definitely put God to an open shame, and uh, you know some people don't think, oh, well, God can't <clears throat> God can't be put to shame. He absolutely can be put to shame. You know, by the way that we act as as uh, individuals, but then also organizations that we lead and that we're a part of, the organization needs to be as clean as possible. And if there's moral failings on, uh, that's not perfection. I think a lot of people get that twisted too. I don't expect my pastor to be perfect because he's human. Right. Um, But I also expect him to honor the office in the way that God tells him to honor the office. And uh, like in Brian Houston's case, um, there hasn't, to my knowledge, there hasn't been any uh, confessions that anything of a sexual nature came right, out that right. he cheated on his wife or anything like that. And, and and good, good. Hopefully that's true, you know, that he didn't do any of that. But still, you you start getting into really murky water where once once the moral groundwork starts breaking for the person that is supposed to be the moral head of that organization. Once that is messed up, everything below it falls, craters, breaks, and it and he has a responsibility and he did. He resigned from the church and I was looking at some some other research and, and you know, they're going after his wife now too. And uh I, I can't blame the board, you know. I, I mean I don't know the ins and outs of all that, but you know, he resigned. He left the uh, his his post, and but his wife also is a part of a lot of ministry at Hillsong. Right. She stands by his side. She came out publicly said, "I, I support my husband. I'm gonna stand by his side." They've been married for over thirty years. But then the board uh, decided to start moving her out and transitioning her out. And I think there's a lot of um, there's some animosity between the Houston's and the board of Hillsong. So. Um, yeah, it's just it's trash. There's just a lot of trash going on right now. Yeah, the one the one negative thing I heard on that, of course, there was a whole video of the pastor in uh, Hillsong Phoenix that he released. Um, I guess it was probably just on their live stream or whatever. And um, he's saying that the the board is not being upfront on a lot of stuff. Um, but what I heard about her is they released her on text. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's kind of crappy. Well, the, the Yes, like they texted her. Well, yeah. they, they said oh, yes. they texted her that they're going to send an email to talk about her employment at Hillsong. Yeah, it's kind of crappy. Just, yeah, just set a meeting and get it done. Um, and then the other thing that the Phoenix pastor said was they they wanted them to hold this information about everything that he was talking about for like another two weeks. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, the stuff is leaking out. Like, I need to get in front of this for my church. Yeah. And so he refused uh, to refused to hold it, and he he went ahead and did yeah. it on that day. And that just sucks, right? Because, you know, if if we if we were leading our own congregations and we were a part of an organizational structure like that, how how would you feel apologizing for actions that were taking place on the other side of the world and before you know you get new visitors coming in and and before any any ministry gets to happen you already have to apologize for somebody else that you don't even know right for their actions and how how does that leave you know room for the holy spirit to really encounter the broken and this and i'm not saying it can't right now it, 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 it can happen still, but but where you have to just 
before the service even starts, you have to preface somebody else's actions that literally they live on the other side of the world, and then let's have church. That's yeah. just, just I don't I wouldn't want to deal with that. I would try to cut ties as quick as possible. So I don't blame these pastors. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough to listen to. It was tough to see. Uh, it's, it's it's just tough to find an organization like Hillsong. Like I said, that's done so much great stuff. Mm-hmm. That's just. Uh, the walls are falling, falling around it. So yeah. All right. Well, I got y'all. <clears throat> I got a song for you. It's called "Perfection" by Switch. The mirror. I could use some help cause I don't like what I see here. See here. Don't measure up. Am I good enough? What if I fail? What if I can't do it well? Will they walk away? You walk away Do you think I'm worth it still? Though in all I see are the flaws You see perfection Perfection Looking through this mess of a heart You see perfection Perfection Show me what's behind your eyes Don't think I can trust it Perfection, perfection. I learn slowly, but you're teaching me to love myself, myself. Starting to believe you want me like nobody is. Mm-hmm. I never measure up, but you are my enough. And sometimes I fail, and sometimes I can't do it well. Perfection, looking through this mess of a heart, you see perfection, perfection. Interesting song. So what do you think about songs like this being worship songs when it's talking about us more than it's talking about him? Um, <clears throat> so I kind of don't like it. In like a worship context, right? But I mean, I've been to services where people are singing songs like this, and you know, it works. Yeah. It's a great and a song. lot of people, and a lot of you could see, you know, a lot of people are experiencing stuff. Like I've, I, you know, we've all probably been to services like that, but I don't know. Like on paper, I don't like it. Yeah, it's a great song, right? I mean, yeah. like you can just really just vibe to it and just understand that God loves you no matter where you are. And, you know, as long as you're 
taking that step each day. Uh, you might feel ugly. You might feel like a failure, but God still sees the best in you or he sees where you're going to be and not where you're at. Yeah. But I, I think I have a problem with it when I hear these type of songs in church because it's really been on my heart lately where we we're making church about us mm-hmm. instead of making church about God. Mm-hmm. Or at least like, like I could see this being like a special, a special. or something yeah. like that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like I, I like it in that context. I'm totally cool with that. But when it's like, if we're doing praise and worship, it's like what? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, what is that? This, I think it has to, it maybe has to be categorized a little bit better by the church whole. Uh-huh. Like what, what we start calling some of these things, it, it, there's worship that is, worship is supposed to be in our context, in our modern day context, right? It's uh, it's congregational worship. It's it's to sing the praises of God, the glory of God, uh, describes his characteristics, his attributes. That's what worship is supposed to do, you know, orient our 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 heart toward the heart of the Father. Um, you get music like this, which I would classify this as maybe you know a, a, a testimonial to to instrumental kind of thing. Yeah, which I'm for it. Yeah, but not in a congregational worship setting. Yeah, you know, and yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I like it production wise. I think they did a great job. Oh, it's a beautiful song. It just like I said, something you can definitely vibe to and and take something away of. Who is Switch? I don't you know anything about Switch. I don't know anything. I, you know, I thought at first it was Switch Foot, and they just dropped the foot because <laughs> it was offensive they to somebody. Switched it up, um, but it's not because I remember uh, Switch Foot having a female vocalist, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know. So yeah, I like the uh, syncopated rhythms. It seems like she took a, a page from uh, trap music, yeah. um, and uh, which is really cool because whenever you do syncopated rhythms that way with vocally, it gives you a uh, it gives you a sense that there is some percussion that's going on in the background, but it's all piano, instrumental. kind triplets on yeah. the lyrics. And I, I think <laughs> I, I was looking at the date whenever that was released. It looked like September 2001, but I, I really... Uh, <laughs> 21. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 21. And uh, Adele. Adele has really brought back the whole piano, vocal vocalist mm-hmm. kind of thing. She's like owned that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, that, for me, it sounds a little bit, you know, a little bit Adele-ish. I see mixed it. mixed yeah. with uh it's a little poppier than Adele. Yeah. But yeah. uh yeah, I get it. Yeah. Anyway, that was my first take of it. So yeah. it's a nice song. Yeah, good song. Good song. All right, so what do we got today? What are we gonna talk about today, well, well today, um I just kinda been seeing a lot of these videos floating around uh YouTube talking about they're a little clickbaity, you know, here and there, ten things this, 10 things that, 5 things this, 5 things that. So I texted it out to these guys. I said, what do you think about the, doing an episode about, you know, 5 things Christians should stop doing? And uh, I'm pretty sure by the end of this episode, we're going to come out with a lot more than 5. This is not an end-all, be-all of what Christians need to stop doing. But uh, I just thought it was interesting, uh, an interesting title, yeah, an, inter- an inter- interesting topic. We're always talking and commenting. We're social commentators on the church culture uh, of today. So, uh, you know, one of the things that I was looking at, and you can just search out, you know, things Christians should stop doing. You're going to get a, a plethora of articles and things that have been released over the years that Christians need to stop doing. But uh, this one I really enjoyed, and it said this, uh, staying within our own communities and surrounding ourselves with people exactly like us. Mm-hmm. 
So whenever the church begins to landlock itself, and it it only now we've all said that we believe that the church should look like the community that it ministers to, but then if that's exclusive to where it only ministers to that community and other people can't can't seem to integrate themselves into your church, I, I think that's an issue too. Yeah, you know, sure. it's like, well, you know, we only minister to these kind of people. It's like, wait a minute, you're supposed to minister the gospel to everybody. Yeah. I think as youth pastors, one, the, the biggest struggle that I've always seen from just being on youth staff or being in a youth group and then, you know, working your way up to be the leader of that group is you have cliques, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when when I became youth pastors, instead of like, so what are leaders of the, the, the youth do before? They're like, okay, you group, we're going to break y'all up and then we're going to like, but you, some of you over here and some of you over there, we're breaking these clicks up. I took a different approach. I took, let's take these clicks because we're all going to um, come together with a, a like people. That's mm-hmm. just who we are. Yeah. You know? You're going to have your closer friends. You're going to have your closer friends and, you know, you can, the ones you grew up with or the ones you do ministry with, the ones you play in the band, whatever it may be, you're going to click up together. So I took the approach of just taking the clicks and bringing the clicks together mm-hmm. instead of trying to blow up something that naturally happens, which I don't feel that's healthy, right? Yeah. And I think the same thing with the church is, is the same way. We got to make sure that that we're, our clique is not so tight that we can't take that group and go find other groups to fellowship with or to minister to or right. to break bread with or to whatever, um, uh, even if it's Pentecostal or Baptist or Catholic or, you know, people that they're not saved. I mm-hmm. think that it's important that we that we move as a collective but come together as, um, you know, as a one, yeah, and and that creates subgroups, right? And clicks and just subgroups and clicks is such and, a bad connotation. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's probably the clicks' fault that it, <laughs> that that it's like that. It's like oh, you guys only hang out with your crowd and and all that, and 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 you know one of the one of my things, especially with talking to my younger youth staff. Um, you know, like Maverick City's popping right now, and they're great. I love Maverick City. They, I think they won a couple Grammys the other yeah, night. Yeah, and they got to play you at know. the Grammys. It was, was super cool. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, and and I again, I love their music. I, I love how different it sounds, and how y- you can really see, you know, a, a, a big effort in both um, the theology that they're putting into their music, but then also to not having the same old progressions over and over, and then being able to, you know, infuse it with different things, but the the I'm just gonna give them this title. It's not that other people are involved as well, but like that Maverick City subculture, uh, you know, uh, homage to the late '90s style with the trucker hats and big fluffy, you know, you know what yeah. I'm talking about, yeah. right? Muted colors, uh, acid wash jeans, yeah, uh, that whole thing. That, <laughs> that that that's a subculture that right now has taken the spotlight, but that's not the church whole. And what I've seen, especially with young adults, and I've seen this play out in my own life as well, there's going to be a moment where the young adults stop being the young adults, and now they're going to be the adults in the room. And it's going to look completely different. And if you just base your entire identity in a subgroup mm-hmm. rather than looking at the bigger picture, 
Um, and we always find that tension. We always find that tension between the younger generation and the older generation. And there's always like, well, we don't like the old people because, and then the old people are like, oh, these young people. And, and that's, mm-hmm. it feeds in these subgroups. They feed into each other in a negative way. But, but the subgroups is something that Christians need to stop doing. And, uh, and that's going to require some maturity on both sides of the aisle from the older generation and the younger generation and realize that, just because your church doesn't play Maverick City, that it's not a church, or that the spirit isn't moving, or that you know it's it's not my style. Well, it, 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 worshiping God shouldn't be a style. Yeah, you know it, it. It you should be able to worship God anywhere, whether the music sucks or it's amazing, because it's not about the music. I mean, it is and it is. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to worship. Oh yeah, when the band sucks so bad <laughs> that it's just like ah, and like and most people probably don't hear it. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> just have a guitar hit the wrong note. I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah, it's sour. I'll throw you right out of worship. Especially it's, it's got the long delay on it, oh, too. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. So it just keeps repeating <laughs> that same wrong but, note. But that, then, Brain, and time, then that gets into a topic of, of, like, diligence, right? No matter whether you're a musician or you're, you're on the audiovisual team in some kind of way where, you know, if you're not manning that board – and something gains out of control, and you start yeah. getting that feedback. Now all this, uh, you get all these people that are supposed to be lifting up praises to Jesus. Now they Covering hear this ugly ears, squeal yeah. coming out, and now their focus is completely shifted to the audio issues, and that takes away from the worship of God. So, like, if you have a sound guy that just doesn't care, well, then he's not practicing, or she. We're sensitive. Uh, she, you know, they're not practicing their due diligence and 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 honing their craft and their 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 skills for the yeah. Lord. Same thing with a musician. If you don't practice, you don't re- rehearse. You don't care about your tone or any of that stuff. Learning the music, it it, it speaks more on. How you just really don't care about God. Yeah, speaking of worship. <laughs> just couldn't even. I don't, I don't know about all that. Backed I, I, out on I, I, was, I was with you until that <laughs> last piece. You, they, you, they don't care. Uh, I, my favorite worship uh, is what y'all did today. Oh, which was, y'all had did some new songs. And then you kind of kicked back to some older songs, but you did it in a different way. And I think the older generation, they're good with that. Mm-hmm. As long as that they're familiar with some of those words, yeah. you know what I'm saying. And uh, man, I'm, I really, really enjoyed the worship today. I thought that the older people were about to mow over the younger younger people. <laughs> so like, did get I. out the way. Yeah, the, yeah. They were dancing, and and I, and I think that's just something that we have to understand. You know, especially you guys that are actually doing music is just like, you know, we have to respect who came before us, and we yeah. have they have to respect which which way we're going in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to, we need both. Yeah, we need yeah. both. Anyways, yeah, sure. not a worship thing, uh, not a worship topic. My one of the things that I would say Christians would have to do is stop going to church. Okay, explain that because I, I I don't know what you mean. Well, if you're going to go to church and then you're not going to do anything that you learned there, just stop going. Mm-hmm. Oh, like I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of like defending the Christian in quotes, air quotes, yeah. that 
you come to church and everybody, you tell everybody you're a Christian, and then we have to defend people like you every day when we go to work, mm. where, it, where we're in our social groups. Oh, yeah, but so-and-so said he's a Christian, too, and he goes and, and drinks with us after after work. So-and-so yeah. says they're a Christian, that you make it more of a social thing, you make it a, a checklist thing, um, then going, like, if I'm going to go somewhere and, and invest an hour and a half, two hours, like, let's get something out of it. Yeah. You know, or I could just stay home and watch, you know, Housewives. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is you're tired of hillsonging people. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't I wasn't in that hotel room, okay? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't do it. Yeah, I'm I'm really yeah, really like like come on. And and I don't you know y'all don't go around saying, Well, Pastor David said we need to stop going to church. But listen, while you're at church, do something. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. get involved. Um Get off your phone. If you can't listen to the pastor and flip through TikTok at the same time with the one earbud in your ear, come on. Mm. I see y'all guys. I see you. Mm. I see you. I see you go to the bathroom 14 times during service because as soon as the Lord starts putting something on you. Oh, I got to go to the bathroom. You got to go to the bathroom. (laughs) You got to disturb the spirit in your life. Uh, You know? That's something Christians stop doing. They should stop going to the bathroom. Yeah, you stop going to the bathroom. That's number two for him. Yeah. My first pastor was real funny. He he used to pray for people's bladders before service started. <laughs> <laughs> and of course he was being sarcastic, but yeah. but he was like, I'm Lord touch their bladder so they will sit down and not disrupt the service and what's going on and I mean, you think about that, right? Like, people go to church, like you're saying. They go to church just to fill a seat or to suck up the AC, and they're there, and they're always, they have the same problems, and they never seem to get victory. And then they go to the bathroom, they go into the foyer, they go out of the service, and they're like, I don't know why God never answers my prayer. And, well, he's answering everything that you want to know, but you're in the bathroom. Yeah. Like, sit down. Most churches I go go to, you pass the bathroom before you get to the sanctuary. Yeah. Take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. There you go. You know, uh, let the Holy Spirit move in your life, man. Um, tired of the excuses with Christians. Like, do something. It's there. There's programs after program after program. There are Sunday school classes mm-hmm. and small groups and opportunities for you to serve and all of these things for you to, you know, stop sitting back and, well, God didn't answer my prayers. Well, sit down, sit down long enough for God to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Off the pot and Off, onto the pews. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Like, chill out. I mean, hour and a half is not that long. No, it's not that long because you'll you'll sit down and you'll watch. Get 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 your everybody listening. Get your iPhone out right now. If you got an Android, that's fine too. What he said that? Yeah, that's fine. I just want you to. I just want you to do something. <laughs> I want you to go to screen time. Mm-hmm. And see oh. how much screen time that you done this week. Oh, oh, I do a lot. I do a lot. I do too. Mine was up twenty eight percent since last week. <laughs> okay, but I was on a, I was on a backseat yeah, trip, you know, yeah, two ways. Uh-huh. I ain't lying. It all wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. Christian podcasts and preaching. <laughs> but if you can do those, it's a lot of Bible reading. Seventy two hours on your your phone screen time, then you can sit down in a church for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I'm so, with it. Hey, so, uh, so if I had to uh, condense that, I'm just gonna clap for you, but don't just go to church. Be, be the, the church. church. Like oh, it. there you go. Like it. That's good. Yeah. It wasn't quite as uh, smooth as my off the pot <laughs> onto the pew. <laughs> one, but, uh, I was yeah. a good. From the porcelain good. throne to the throne <laughs> of God. Throne. Yeah. All right, here's another one like for it. you. Christians need to stop 
being selfish mm. with our spiritual gifts and abilities. Mm. Okay, elaborate. Let's see. Well, you know, you think of uh, there's so much work that needs to be done in a church that goes on behind the scenes. There's a lot of professional work that needs to be done in a church behind the scenes. There's a lot of gifted people that go to churches. They are CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. They have their small business owners. They're doing great things, content creators. They Everything, everything under the sun. But yet, whenever they go to church, they feel like just because they're not getting a paycheck from church, then why should they offer their skills, abilities, and time? Mm-hmm. And that's where you need to use them because God gave them to you to glorify him. And it all happens in the church. It all happens in the church. I'm a very church-centered person. I believe that the position to where the church has been placed in God, when people say, I don't believe I need to be, a, uh, I don't believe I need to go to church to be a Christian, that's a person that does not read their Bible. Yep. Literally, you know, <laughs> God gave them a, a tent first so they can have church there mm-hmm. until they can get their own brick and mortar. And then they did that. And guess what? Whenever it uh, it's going to come back up, Christ is going to set another one up. I mean, it's all about church. It's yeah. always been about church, mm-hmm. a, congreg- a congregational worship of God together. So these lone wolves that say, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian or whatever, you know, you sort that out between God, but nowhere in the Word of God are you going to find that. Now, there'll be times where you're exiled and under those circumstances, you, you, but everybody's not John the Revelator. You know, I exiled on the island of Patmos. Uh-huh. You know, that's not everybody. Yeah. But it's like, I don't believe I need to go. You need to go because there's, there's, you know, and I love the live stream thing. That's what I'm about to say. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, elaborate. Tell me on that. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, the live stream is a great thing, but I think it's a detriment to the church. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons why we we don't live stream a lot of our, uh, you know, our events, you know, uh, because people won't come. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, oh, I can just watch it on live stream. Listen, man, this is about life and death. Mm-hmm. You know, if you'll call the, the teledoc if you got a cold, mm-hmm. you know. But, or, or Debbie Nissen. Yeah, no, or, yeah. I won't. Don't call her. <laughs> or if there's something wrong with you and you're and you having chest pains and it's running down your arm, mm-hmm. you're not calling teledoc. Mm-hmm. You know, you're getting up, you're, you're being rushed to the hospital, and there's a lot of lives right now that are on their last life. And they need to be running to the hospital. They need to be running to the church. They need to be around people that can speak life into them, not around a bunch of people that are telling them, oh, yeah, you're going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay. No, sometimes it's not going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you need the church. Sometimes you need brothers and sisters around. Sometimes you need the captain in your life to tell you uh, what your next step is, you know, Uh, what direction that we're going, Uh, not for you to just think that you're the man and that you're going to run things. And that's, that's, that's not what it was. I mean, if you go back to the, the first church in Acts, they all gathered. Mm-hmm. They wasn't able to go in the temple, but they gathered outside the temple. Mm-hmm. So there's, it's, it's important that we come together. We're tribal people. We need to be with, with our tribe. That's Christians. That's other Christians. Yeah. The, um, the scriptures tell us to stir up the gifts of God within us. How are you supposed to do that whenever you're not around each other? And talking about back to this, being selfish with your spiritual giftings, 
you know, you, you got people that are marketing gurus now that and they do that for a job. They have access to to resources to really invest themselves into the church and to get that church's name events spread the gospel message out that way but how many how many professionals are actually doing something for the church yep. how many people and you don't even have to be a professional so you can the, every if you have all your all, you know all your uh, extremities you can go and pick up a shovel and and you know for uh uh, you know, landscape the church and go help James, you know, or, or something. Show yeah. up. What, I mean, if you look at our church right now, we're we're doing we're trying to do a really good job. And uh, the brother there that works there, um, not Jimmy, but uh, John. John, he's restriping the parking lot. Yeah, it's looking saw good. some of it today. Yeah, it it's looking good, right? But he's been working on that sucker for like two weeks, mm. and he hasn't got half of it done yet. Like, we've asked people. To come and, wow. and, and and put in a, a Saturday, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's time that we get up. How many of us can we can use a paintbrush, man? We just, I mean, we could color in the lines. That's all we're asking. We're not asking you to go out there and and you know invent something. Yeah, but just take a little bit of hard work and, and invest back in your church. This is the one thing that I've seen out of this culture. So, my wife, she was a teacher for a long time, and you know, back in my days you would have these fundraisers, right? It would be like the March of Dimes or whatever, and you would get your family to donate a dime for every lap that you ran. Mm-hmm. or You remember those type of fundraisers, yeah. whatever it may be. Well, now they're sending these these fundraiser home, and nobody's giving, like, boy, you should be in PE running anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not giving you money to run laps. But do you have a carnival and you have prizes that can be won, mm-hmm. and you have things that can that benefits them. They'll go spend three or four hundred dollars on tickets, yeah, because it's about what am I getting in return, right? And just like you said, the business, the whole business side is it. That's what how society is looking at it. Return on investment. If I give three hundred, what am I going to get out of it? Yeah. The way I was taught is I give my tithe and my offering and when god blesses me he will you know he's he's going to bless me and i know that i'm not looking at you hear these preachers and and some of it i agree with some of i don't but i just don't agree with just the thought of this the way we're supposed to think if 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 i sow money i'm gonna get money back if i sow time i'm gonna get time back listen whatever side of the fence you were on that that's fine but that's not the way we should be looking at it Mm -hmm. we should say the Bible says, do this, and he says, test me on giving, yeah. and we give it. Yeah. But me, I'm not going, okay, well, I'm going to put my CD, I better get something back. Yeah, where's you know? it at? Yeah, where's it at, God? Um, so, and I think that's where the church has gotten. So, if I don't get back what I put in on Friday, yeah, right, like a paycheck, then, oh, man, I ain't doing that no more. Yeah, yeah. I tell my leaders. I tell my leaders when we're talking about, you know, programs and and things that we want to develop that the way that I have approached it is the these things that that I do, these things that I develop, these things that I that I pour my heart and soul into, I never do it in a way that I expect to receive anything from it. Um, I'm not going to be a direct beneficiary from the work that we're doing with the youth because I'm not youth age anymore. That my time has passed. So why care about it so much? You know, well because you're giving some you're giving them an experience. You're giving them an opportunity to encounter something that 
Uh, and, and this is my whole mindset on things, something that I did not get a chance to enjoy. But if I can give my, my mind, soul, strength, soul to these things for the sake of others, then that, that, that's a, you know, I get a certain sense of satisfaction for that, but, right. but I will never, I will not be the one getting ministered to because my time has passed. Right. But whenever you see, you know, that's the way that people should approach church. Don't do it because you're looking down the line for who's coming, who needs it. You've been blessed. Give. Jesus himself says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Yeah. You know, give. Yeah. I think a lot of times also when you when you work out whatever you're working out, go to the gym or, you know, comedians, you know, these superstar comedians, they, they're doing these little tiny shows in some back room on, on a Tuesday night somewhere and they're working out their their show and all that stuff. As Christians, we got to do the same thing, man. We got to show up to um, uh, small events. We got to show up to big events because it's working out. Our testimony is working out the way that we're going to uh, reach out to the, the 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 loss. It's working out those words and 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 something that you might say this time, and you'd be like, "Oh man, I wish I wouldn't have said it that way." Mm-hmm. Now next time you have another opportunity, but if you don't work that out, then you're stuck in that same place, and you're not as effective as is you're constantly out there sharing. Um, you, you know, would you call it sharing your um, skills and abilities? Skills and abilities, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, James, you've been in church all your life, That's and true. Uh, you know, being a, uh, you're almost out of your twenties, right? I mean, you're midway through. You're I'm what twenty eight. Okay, Ooh. so you're you're just long enough I had to think about it. Yeah, yep. <laughs> you're coming out out of that. So you know, a lot of people can't say that they've spent their twenties in church. Yeah, uh, because twenties is whenever you're supposed to go out there and you're very career driven and make your dreams happen, right? Yeah. Um, how do you perceive this topic here of giving of your skills and abilities whenever you know you're a, you were a younger twenties? And uh, you know, do you feel like it's been wasted? I know the answer, but you know, there, there's some people out. Yeah, there. I think it's a total waste of time. <laughs> no, yeah, Pastor, Pastor Davis said, "Don't go to church." I, just, I think you shouldn't go He's to like, church. Handed his resignation. I'm like, no. <laughs> um, no. Matter of fact, he done that to me once before when I first took over uh, the youth. I'm like, set everybody down. That's true. And I was just like, listen, because you're white. I'm, I'm on a. He's so is he. I said, I'm gonna. I'm gonna Slow down the bus and stop the bus. If anybody wants to get off, this is the time, you know, because I wanted everybody there that wasn't burnt out, that was ready to really push. And James was like raising his hand. I'm just like, no, not the drummer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it was youth, you know. Yeah. And I was I, I was out of high school. I was like a couple years into college, and I a bunch of classes. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, uh, okay. So the question was. Do you feel that your 20s, you know, uh, giving of your skills and abilities in church? Was it worth it? Was good. it worth it? Yeah, of course. Uh, any, It's like you were saying, a return on investment. Anything you're investing in time with God or doing his will and his work, you know, you're going to get – it's going to be better off than if you didn't do that. Um, I've So my skills and abilities, a lot of it is music stuff. I do sound stuff. All that stuff I've gotten – like I'm much better at it today than I was when I was 22 or mm-hmm. 21. Developed that through the church, through giving my skills and abilities and my time. I'm better at time management, which is also stuff that you learn through all of that. Um, 
Yeah, no, of course, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I think I I just remember James's first day that he came in. I remember that because it was first kind of day a, of what that you came and you were just like our head engineer, oh yeah, yeah. sound guy, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I don't I, even remember that day. Tell I do because it was a big huh. deal for us because the way you became there, we had to like ask other people to sit yeah, down, yeah, so it was yeah. a big deal. But like the sound that we're getting now compared to then, yeah, it's totally you know it's like so refined, you know, than than where you first jumped in. You might have still been in college doing it by then, or just out. I don't even um, remember. Man. But whatever it may be, and then just because. And then for James, it's like in a unique situation. Not only is he being able to share those with us, like it's refining his skills where he can take that and mm-hmm. put it back into, you know, income for him, mm-hmm. you know? So it, go, it worked both ways for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give a point because we, I don't have been given one. Yeah, yet. go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, things Christians need to stop doing is they need to stop complaining so much. Mm, oh. Tell me about it. Oh. Tell me about it. Now, I, now you're, getting, you're getting in my house now. Stop complaining so much. I complain when you're com- so much. So there's a time for criticism, and if something's wrong, it needs to be addressed. But most of the time when Christians are complaining, it's just... What's the story in the Bible where he's talking about the uh, the people just murmuring? murmuring. They're just murmuring. It's mostly that kind of nonsense. And the whole time you're complaining, you're not... Like, we're supposed to have a spirit of thanksgiving, you know, being thankful in everything. No, you're not doing that if you're complaining about everything. All the positive energy that you could be spreading, you're not spreading it. You're not helping anybody if you're focused on complaining. Because you can only focus on so much. And like for me, anytime I get mad about something or I'm upset about something and I start going, because I used to, like everybody, you know, you something makes you mad, tick you off, and you just start like, I just start going about like, why that's so bad. I can't believe they would do that to me, that that situation is so messed up. Y'all have heard his rants before. But the, <laughs> and you know what? A lot of times I have a point, but. Especially when it comes to casseroles. I'll tell you what, and lubies. <laughs> but uh, the whole time you're doing that, it, do, it you're not. You're not making any progress. You're not getting that situation you're mad about isn't getting any better. So anyway, less complaining, more uh, solving problems. Yeah, I think there's there's two sides of this. There's there's the uh, church jumper, right? And then as soon as he gets his feelings hurt, he, he leaves and goes to another church. Or is the the one that stays at the church but just he finds everything wrong. Fault finders. And and murmurs about mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. instead of being happy. You're not going to be happy jumping from church to church because every church is not perfect and there's going to be things that you like and things that you don't like. Um, or you're going to sit there and you're going to go, you know, in the same church and just complain about everything. Like, find the things. Like, there's 80% of the stuff that are in whatever mm-hmm. church is good, unless mm-hmm. it's a bad church. But most churches are good. Find that 80%, man, and just ride the wave. Yeah. There's going to be the, the bad thing about churches is that we're all there. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all human and we're all going to fail and all those things. So if you look for the things, I preached a message one time about relationships and I used a, a magnifying glass. And, and I said, if you look hard enough, you're going to find it. Mm-hmm. So what are you looking for? Mm-hmm. And I think as church people, the ones that are complaining all the time, they're always looking for something to complain about. It's like those, you ever looked in one of those uh, 
um, like those like makeup mirrors. Oh yeah, like times ten. They blow times your 20. pores up. Dude, I've, I've never are. looked in one of those and thought that looks nice. Yeah, <laughs> I've only point. looked in one of those and been like, wow, dude, look uh, at this. That this will is preach. Bad. Yeah. Oh, that'll preach. Yeah, we that'll do it some preach. more. but it's yeah it's just like the whole time you're complaining whatever it is you're not helping anything you're not helping anybody like even if it is a bad situation whatever the thing is you're upset about you sitting there being like this is the worst you guys are the worst is only making it worse like uh i don't know like you ever been on you ever been on a road trip or something and you're stuck in a car and somebody something bad is going on and you your brother or somebody's just upset about it talking bad about it the whole time it's like you're just making it worse yeah like we're still stuck in this car together and then i like the other sibling that just intensifies the situation oh and it keeps on inserting poking the bear that that makes the stories better five <laughs> years later but <laughs> up until you reach that five years See, it makes it way worse from, from somebody that does a lot of complaining i um <laughs> <laughs> from a complainer myself from, from a complainer myself I've, I've been a habitual complainer a for, career complainer yeah for 34 years of my life um you know i i have these internal dialogues with myself all the time well what you know why does it disturb me why 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 i asking those questions but not for the purpose of you know beating myself up over it but trying to see where there's something within me that i can better my uh my approach to every situation mm-hmm. and all that but you think about why do people complain about certain things especially if you are an active person mm-hmm. and trying to get things done right which all of us are well one of the things i believe is that because you are so invested in seeing you know that vision roll out whenever it doesn't work the way that you think it should work then the only thing that you have at that moment is your words. The only thing you have at that moment is is to have an attitude. Yeah. And finding that buffer zone, you know, between when the infraction happens to whenever you're over it. I think over the years, it's getting smaller and smaller to yeah. where it can almost yeah. be instantaneous to when somebody does something, mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, okay, whatever, shrug it off. Yeah. Uh, whenever I was Before young. Or it might have taken you a week. Oh, yeah, a week, <laughs> a, a month, month or, a, or, or years. You know, some women can't ever get over it because they, they have grudges for their whole life. That's right, I'm talking to you women. If you got a grudge, you better go to Jesus. Hey, <laughs> be men too, man. Well, I think that, you know, some of that's healthy. Got... Not the complaining part, but being able to look grudge. back and analyze why things. Uh, or go right or go wrong. Um, most successful people have that in them, yeah. right? They want to know why it didn't work and why it didn't do this. But I think that when we dwell on the negative too long, that's when the complaining comes in. Mm-hmm. When we identify the right or the wrong, and then we um, propel the right, and then try to fix the wrong. That's when it's healthy. Yeah, right. And when it stops the work is when it's. Absolutely toxic. Right. Because, you know, complaining, everybody's going to complain about something, mm-hmm. you know. But whenever that complaining becomes the the core issue and you no longer are, are, are trying to fulfill that thing or do that thing, it stops the work. It stops the progress. That's whenever it's like, okay, that's bad. Yeah. Also, you might be wrong. 
you know, you could be complaining about something. No, I'm it's never, I'm not never, a problem. I'm never wrong. <laughs> you know, just so <laughs> if you're out there complaining about the thing, maybe it's not even a problem. Maybe you're the problem. Yeah. And we're very influential people. Like everybody is not, uh, I'm not talking about us, but people are like, yeah, I'm, I'm very that. influential. And then when you complain about something, especially <laughs> yeah. if you carry any weight in your friendship group, yeah, they're going to start complaining about it, right? Yeah. So it's just one of those things that become like an echo chamber. And it hurts, it hurts people because after you're done with it, after you're over it, they're not over it. Yeah. The people that you've just yeah. been spewing out all this toxic, you know, waste. Right. They're not over it. Well, that's like if you go to your friend about, you know, if you're having family, like your husband or your wife, you're having issues, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, my wife, this and that, blah, blah, oh, blah. Yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah. yeah, man, your wife shouldn't be treating you that way. And then you're back together with her tomorrow mm-hmm. and they still mad at her. Yeah. And you telling know? everybody else. Telling everybody, can you believe what they did? You know, and then uh, oh, they're good now, mm. but you still over there holding a the grudge because yeah. you're running and they, your mouth. And, then, you you get, and then, the, then the guy gets all mad about, hey, keep it. It's like, hey. You were the one that put it. You're the one that put it in my mouth. You know, you put that name in my mouth. Yeah, oh, that was good. Will yeah. Smith. Sorry, man, that was oh, man. good. That we was to. that we was sad to. to watch, but you got another one. And we got another one. Okay, yeah. Christians should stop doing this, saying Christian platitudes. Well, what does that mean? What's a well, platitude? A platitude. I'll, I'll tell you what it is. Like whenever, an whenever we a platypus. <laughs> okay. <my bad. laughs> whenever, whenever you encounter a situation that you just don't have the words to say, you give them some Christianese answer and uh, you say things like, "Well, everything happens for a reason," or "God knows," or you know, everything in its season. Especially when there's like a, a loss of a family member or something like man. that, man. My my biggest thing is, if I don't know, brother, I don't know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll find the answer for you and I'll get back to you quickly. Mm-hmm. But get back to him quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. ask who you ever got to ask. Yeah. Google whatever you got to Google. Read whatever you got to read. Mm-hmm. And get back to it, brother. You know? Yeah. Don't just leave him out there hanging. That's the other thing. Kind of on that same whole whole thing is if you say you're going to pray for somebody, pray, pray for, for them. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you just like take that next five seconds, Lord, you know what's going on in their life. I don't, but meet I've, them right where they are. I've lied to so many people. Yeah. I said, well, I'll, pray, I'll be praying for you. I'll be praying for you. And then I was like, oh, and I remember and I get so convicted. Yeah. And I'm like, God, I don't even remember their name. They told me to pray for them. But God, you know where they're at. Yeah. You know, just right there. Get it right. I try <laughs> to take that those next few moments. <clears throat> and do it right then. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't, I'm just like you. Then I feel convicted. And then I feel like, you know, then I start getting down on myself. So at least I gave them those those next few moments. Yeah. If I don't get back to them later in prayer time. Past, you know? Pastor Mark a couple years ago said that he, he whenever somebody came to mind, he just texted them or called them yeah. right then and there. And ever since he said that, whenever I feel the same way, like, why is this person in my mind right now? Why well, I just send him a quick text yeah. or, or just, how, how are you doing today? And not, not even like, I'm praying for you. Mm-hmm. I'm praying the heavens. Oh, you know, n- nothing mm-hmm. like that. I just, got one of those texts today. Bobby Cervantes texts me out of the blue. Hey, man, I just want you to know I love you. Yeah, he, yeah. You know, yeah, it's just Bobby's one, just one of those things. Just like I was on his mind for whatever reason, so he shot me a text. Yeah. You know? And it's crazy to think about. It's crazy to think about because we don't, we're not always aware of what's happening in the spirit world, right? The spirit, yeah. the, in the supernatural world. We're not aware of what's going on. And whenever God puts it on somebody's heart to lift you up, and that's a spiritual exercise, mm-hmm. to, to exercise a spiritual muscle that you need to, 
you know, uh, uh, grow uh, and, and encourage within yourself. You don't know what people are dealing with. And at that moment, as you're lifting them up, I mean, you know, you're putting heaven's attention on them. And that's always a good thing. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, one of, one of them on, the, on that thing, that uh, Christian platitudes, whenever somebody dies, oh, heaven got another angel today. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, that I makes me it. feel real good. I just lost my mom. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. That's fine. But, but it's bad theology. Yeah, you don't. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You, I get the, you know, the you whole angel thing. Uh, yeah, you don't yeah. tell them. Uh, like you, people say that because they 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 don't. They're showing how much they don't know about the Bible. Whenever a person dies, you don't become an angel. You don't. You you don't. Yeah. You don't. And and whenever people say that, I'm like, but you can't correct them at the moment. Yeah. Because then you're a jerk. We need to do another podcast on ten things Jesus didn't say. Mm. Ooh, there we go. Mm-hmm. You know all those things that we quote and mm-hmm. we say. Uh-huh. That's not in the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had somebody tell me one time, they said, uh, you know, hell hath no fear like a woman scorned. That's what the Bible says. I said, no, no. it does I think not. that was, was it Shakespeare? <laughs> no, I have no idea who that is. Yeah. I, I know who Shakespeare, Shakespeare is. No, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> never never, yeah. never yeah. heard of him. <laughs> God got another what angel is today. A Shakespeare? And, and here's one that I, I, I'm personally going to make this one of my life missions to correct every time that I get the opportunity. Is uh, and and I don't like it. I've heard. I've even been he guilty of life saying mission. It. It's my one of my life missions to it. correct this one. Love the sinner and hate the sin. Uh, and you might disagree with me on that because I already see it in your face. But um, let's hear it. Justify it. Go justify ahead. it. Jesus said, "Go." It's all right. Go ahead. Say it, man. <laughs> okay. The word says that God is angry with the sinner every day. Okay. God hates sin. Yeah. I get the whole. I get the whole love the sinner thing, mm-hmm. right? But. In a practical sense, it's too much like you're loving sin. It pacifies people. And I'm not saying you hate the sinner because if you're saying, well, you're supposed to love the sinner. No, well, first of all, the Bible never says love the sinner. It doesn't find, you don't find that. You love people, whether they're sinners or saints. You love people. Just because somebody's a sinner, just because somebody's a saint, doesn't mean that one deserves love more than the other. You need to be neighborly to everybody. But it says love the sinner, hate the sin. Well, well, God hates the sin, but God is not happy with sinners. Mm-hmm. God actually, biblically speaking, God's wrath is set on sinners. Yeah. Like, God has wrath toward the sinner. And that's a hard concept that, like, David looks like, he's, 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 he's over there quick. thumbing. Because, yeah, I can't remember to. the scripture. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all right. But, but it, it, I agree with you it, because we have to love all people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when we separate the two, but at the same time, sinners are people. It's true. Mm-hmm. So we have to love sinners and nonsense, not we're all sinners. Yeah. <laughs> so people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but when when we're talking about Christian platitudes, is is uh, saying something for the sake of just saying it. So I'm not I'm not yeah. going to cast my son out because he's a sinner. No. Mm-hmm. No. I'm not going to cast somebody out that's gay because they're a gayer. Like, what what uh, I don't know if that's even <laughs> a right. You have never sounded more homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm the, and I'm the least. Okay. I'm the least. <laughs> but I don't have any oh, issues. We know. 
I have issues we with know. pronouns, but I don't have yeah. issues with <laughs> homosexuals. No, they're they they everybody needs. Hey, listen, man, the homosexuals were, the ones I knew were some of the coolest people I've ever met. Like yeah. literally, I mean, probably better than y'all. I mean, I'm just joking. I mean, we, <laughs> <laughs> but they're just cool people. Yeah, I, and and we, salvation. Whenever we're looking at salvation, salvation is for. Okay, I'm not going to get into that because it's, you know, people get into that conversation of who's the elect and who's not the elect. And if people have free will versus they don't have free will, uh, that's a whole nother conversation. That's a whole Bible study. And that's a, that's a whole thing, right? But but I when people are are struggling with identity problems, the solution is not beat them into the ground and, and, and until they are just... you. You can't put them into sub, uh, submission enough to where they're going to accept Jesus because you're you're beating them up over something that they are struggling with, right? Now, I don't necessarily I, – I don't believe that I was born this way, Lady Gaga campaign thing. There was something that happened from birth to where they're at now that has perverted the love of God. Somehow, some way, was it culture? Was it their upbringing? Was it – I don't know. But that's for us to find out. But I'm with you on that. I don't, I don't want to label anybody because the truth is everybody's a sinner and people need the love of Jesus. Yeah. And uh, you've been given grace, so give grace. Yeah. And, uh, and anyway, on, on that, but like, you know, back to the whole love the sinner thing, I think where I have a, a problem with that is that people, and the way that I've seen it, People ju- use that to justify people's sin without actually ever doing anything about it. Yeah. And they well, you know, they're just sinners. Well, the problem I have with it is, this is the problem I have with that statement is, as Christian people in the church, we are more um, ready to forgive the lost sin than the sin in the church. Mm. Like, yeah. I can fail, and then y'all want to run me out of the church— but a sinner can come in committing murder, and we're ready to forgive everything. Yeah. And we're the same. We both failed. Yeah. I might have known better and had a little bit more foundation of not getting there. But, man, I need redemption just as much as the next guy. Mm-hmm. And if it's true forgiveness that I'm seeking, I need passion. I need, you know, I need that love for my people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not saying, you know, I mean, there's... I don't want to. I don't want to say there's levels to sin, but yet as a Christian, there's some things that you can come back from in certain positions, and there's certain some things you can't. There, there's certain levels of consequences yes. from the sin. Very good. That's yeah. where I was looking for. Yeah. Um, but we're we're just like, oh, he knew better. You know, he, maybe he just needs to go to the church down the street. Like, come on, like, but you're ready just to bring in every just you know. Mm-hmm. Random guy off the street and trust him and mm-hmm. give him ministry keys and yeah. and all those things, you know. Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent on that. Um, and I would just want to ask, just for just for the sake of asking and having a conversation about it, is that. But when when is it important for that? Whenever the person that you know committed that infraction, what level of responsibility do they have? Whenever they know I've been a person of influence in other people, and I need redemption right now, but does my should my redemption take place in front of people that I'm still an influencer to? How does it affect them? Is it is it is it better for me to 
separate myself for a time and then come back? Should I come back or should I just stay there? Because uh, I, I, I would, you know, if putting myself in those shoes and if I was ever to commit something like that, I, I don't know. I, I, mean, I really don't know. Should I stay in that environment when I know that I was a, a, a moral leader over the, over people. Okay, so I want to take I want to take the a pastoral staff out of this. Okay, because I think there's um, mm-hmm. there's a whole different group of things that they should or maybe not even sh- should come back from. Let's just take from that next ministry level down. They're they are running ministry in your church. Okay, okay? Mm-hmm. Sunday school class, you know, Sunday school yeah, teachers, yeah. small whatever that level there. Um, I think it's important for those people to see the head of the church sit you down, take things away from you, mm-hmm. and let that be an example for them that you just can't get by with this. Yeah. You need to be held responsible. Yeah, accountable. Yeah. You need to be held accountable because what happens if you go to the next church? You slide right in. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows about your sin, and you begin to do ministry again. Yeah. So I think it's healthy for the person. We had a gentleman... We had a gentleman that had a that was doing ministry in our church, had a baby outside of his marriage. Nothing was ever done. Mm-hmm. So what that says is that we co-sign mm-hmm. that being okay, mm-hmm. other than sending him down in front of his peers, the people that he that he leads, and saying this is wrong. Yeah. So that's yeah. I think it's better to show the correction in front of. The church, not Absolutely. necessarily. We have to call him down out of the pulpit and say, "Hey, brother, so and so was John Smith. Can you come to the front?" Listen, everybody knew. Yeah, his wife was nine nine, nine months pregnant. Yeah, everybody <laughs> knew that he wasn't married. And see, and that yeah. that gets into like when we talked about this probably weeks ago. Yeah, it was weeks ago. Whenever we were talking about the whole mega church thing, right? And I know we're not going to get into that now. Yeah, 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 but yeah. the whole mega church thing, where whenever you're looking from a, from a at, in those kind of circumstances, whenever the the authority of the church, the leadership of the church, sits people down, and uh, for the purposes of restoration and all that, how how do people that only do exclusively online church, whenever or even if they meet in houses and they have somebody like uh, you know that's a pastor that's remoting, they're remoting in, or they don't have an opportunity to see how how. Biblical reproving and rebuking are are important. The 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 mega church satellite churches that operate in that fashion, you know, I'm interested to figure out how in the world that they actually pastor people, not just give them a word, yeah. but actually pastor people. But that's another conversation. That's good. Yeah, but um, yeah. Here, a couple more. How many time uh, we got time for? How many more? Let's do one more. One, one more. more. Okay. Christians need. To stop worshiping the gifts and not the giver. Wow. That is a good one. So if you did not hear the uh, Jack Moore podcast, uh, he's a Native American, and he's saying that they're struggling right now within the the Native American church because they worship the land and all of these things. Mm -hmm. They know that God is God, that he created that, but they're worshiping what he created instead of the creator. The creation instead of the the creation instead of the creator. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think that goes on in a lot of different areas in -hmm. in our life. You know, I think that a lot of times if you get down to it, there's people in church today that are worshiping 
the process of worship, the 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 process of a word, the process of all that, but there's not that true relationship after the music stops, mm-hmm. after your pastor or your leader is not there to answer the question for you that there's no answer that can come from your heart. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's people that worship their pastor. Yeah. There, there's people that worship the church that they go to because it, you know, because of the banner that it has, how big it is, the, you know, spheres of influence. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the church is bad, but what they have made an idol out of these things where they, are worshiping somebody's God-given skill to be a great speaker. I have nothing against great speakers. I want to be a great speaker one day, you know, but uh, um, but whenever we, oh, pastor so-and-so is coming. No, I, I get it, you know, because people develop a reputation, and especially if they're skilled in a certain way to preach and teach, and you're excited to hear that, but whenever you believe that the only way that the spirit is going to move is if you are under that gifting, under that anointing, under, you know, that that's the only way you can have church. My, you know, my, uh, where my, my faith experience is predicated on who I have as a pastor, the church that I go to, the music I listen to, the subgroups I'm involved in. That's whenever, no, no, you know, we worship the God of the universe. We don't worship people or things or things that they do that they're exceptional at doing and and but that's a very american no oh, i actually that's a very human way of thinking they did it with the golden calf whenever moses was separated he their their leader was separated and what did they do what they've only known to do and they started worshiping the gods of you know their captors whenever they made that golden calf mm-hmm. people were built to worship something yeah. that's that's it. whether you are uh, a Christian, a person of faith or not, people um, that are atheist, that are, you know, as secular as they come, everybody worships something. Yeah. Well, we are we are made to seek out a leader, right? It, you know, and as Christians, that's God, that's Jesus. We're, we're made to, to have that void in our life, to seek that leadership out in our life and if people don't fill that void with with jesus with god um then there's going to be something else because it's a a natural draw to leadership in our life Mm -hmm. and i think that when when we take the elam's going to uh celebrate 100 years in a while and it's been 100 years and it's been six or seven, eight pastors, however many it's been. And that's the only way you can do it. Once you put a name on the building, uh, so-and-so's ministry, Ministries, yeah. um, then when that person falls or that person retires or that person decides to move on, guess what? The majority of the time that ministry, that ministry closes, or that ministry fails or that ministry doesn't because it was built off the face instead of a, um, foundation mm-hmm. of God's word. Well, that's what's happening with the Hillsong stuff. Yeah, yeah. see, Hillsong, other... Hillsong is is very interesting too because Hillsong more so than their pastor, now they've become a global they're like a brand. They they they're a global brand because of the music mm-hmm. that they've been able to do and how they've influenced culture, not just yeah. youth culture, but just all culture, yeah. right? And whenever they whether they want to or not, they have the the music part as a buffer for that as well. So even in this case, when 
Brian Houston is out, Hillsong is still going to survive off the merit of the music. It's it's it just is. Yeah. Elevation, they're not at that level yet. They're up there, yeah. but if Stephen Furtick goes, Elevation is going to look completely different. Yeah, I'm, I'm here in Houston. We have Hope City, and we talked a little bit about that. Um, their leader, their former pastor, was very charismatic. This one, not not as charismatic as that. Um, I, I I don't know. You know, I'm not going to speak on that because I don't know. I don't go there. But um, can these organizations survive when, like you said, whenever the face of the church? goes uh, Lakewood Church. We all know it to be the biggest church in North America. Well, that church is built upon the name Joel Osteen. Yeah, it's seen on the side of the building. And I I don't normally, I report a lot of this stuff, but I normally don't say, you know, they should not, you know, Joel Osteen, he's wrong for giving, you know, these uplifting messages and really never digging in because I don't know what he's called to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's called to do that. Maybe he's called to, to reach the masses and they're supposed to get saved and then they filter out to the local church. I don't know. But what I do know is it doesn't look good and it doesn't feel good when I drive by there and I see Osteen Ministries. Yeah. You know, because I feel like now it doesn't say... The ministries of Jesus Christ yeah. fulfilled by Joe Osteen. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I could even dig that. It's kind of silly, but I could dig it because you're saying, okay, Jesus is first, mm-hmm. and then I come next. But no, when you put it on the side of the building, you're going, this is what I've built. Yeah, that's what you're highlighting. Yeah, yeah. this is what I've built. Look at look at my big giant building. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it kind of gives me a a dirty feeling when, when I see that. Yeah, and and I'm I'm on the side of like. I get it. You know, whenever we're 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 called to 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 live a Christian life and a Christian lifestyle, like what James was talking about, don't complain, don't complain. A lot of this could sound like complaining, but then also I also I also believe what Scripture says when it says things like, you know, know what spirit, try every spirit, mm-hmm. make sure that it's from God, um, mark yeah. them that walk contrary to the word, and uh, you know, whenever we look at just things that are on a more local level inside our own churches and homes, uh, whenever it says uh, you, you, you will know them by their fruit. You know, I, I like to tell people I'm just I'm just inspecting the fruit. I'm a fruit inspector. That's all I'm doing. I said, well, how dare you say that this is rotten? I, what do you want me to say? It's not. Right. Well, you see, we see Jesus multiple times, you know, calling out sinful acts and sinful people. We don't see him. It doesn't say Jesus was murmuring about yeah. them. He was it doesn't say he was gossiping about the Pharisees or whatever. You know, and, and even when you see scriptures where people would even like try to entice him into trash talking basically, uh he still he would just, you know, he'd wiggle around it and he'd be like, This is wrong, this is right and he would do it very poetically. Yeah. yeah. You know? And then most of the time it was at the church, pointed yeah. at the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times you'd point it back at the person asking the question. Yeah. Just be like, hey, when Jesus you asks you a question, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> right? So it's interesting because most of the time when in, in the scripture when Jesus is talking, he's trying to enlighten the lost mm-hmm. of who he is or what's going to happen. But he's correcting the church. Yeah. He's like, you know, no, 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 no. That's not the way. How, how long have we been walking together and we're still here? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so... For people to to get upset for you to try to help them in correction, it's natural, right? 
I'll go out there right now and I will find the same pair of shoes in the same spot and I will get my little eight year old and I'm like, what the heck? I've already told you three times, mm-hmm. pick these shoes up. Now we're going to go upstairs and we're going to take care of this. Yeah. And then use your own imagination. Some of y'all don't spare the rod. Some of y'all do spare the rod or whatever. I got a rod in his room, okay? <laughs> and we take care of it. Well, he doesn't like that correction. No. Yeah. But the next time, his shoes are not going to be there, mm-hmm. right? And that's what God wants to see from our hearts. He, he wants to see the next time that he looks into our heart that that piece is not there. That piece of darkness is not there. That, that it's going to turn from something that's dark into a light that can be used to... Push the kingdom forward. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And, and going back to the to the platitudes, right? Whenever we give whenever we give such fake responses, it doesn't leave room for genuine care, compassion, and empathy, which is what Jesus showed to people. Whenever we tell people, you know, well, God gained it, uh, gained another angel today, it's it, you're not invested at that moment to really be in a part of the restoration and the compassion necessary for that person. Maybe you're not called to it. I get it, but don't say anything. Don't feel like you just have to say something because you're there. You know, just say, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry for whatever. I, I, you know, I'm here and really be there. And I also got to flip that that around that if we are, if we're talking and inspecting fruit, uh, we haven't done a very good job discipling if they're always getting their feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. Some of that goes back to us mm-hmm. because we're only pointing out the ugly and we're never investing into their life. So, of course, it's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. If we're investing and in discipling into their heart, they're going to go, it's going to feel like a father's love, right? Mm-hmm. So if you got constantly people around you that would just get angry, we need to look back on ourselves to make sure we're doing the things that we should be doing all the time that when we go into correction, it's not something that we're, it's not a stab, mm-hmm. right? It's a correction. Right. So. Right. Anyway, so yeah, you know, things that I'm pretty sure we did more than five, but man, I, uh, you know, I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, it was a good conversation. Very nice. All right. Nice. All right, guys. Well, I guess. Um, Love the center. <laughs> uh, I guess we'll see you next week and we love you this is the refuge project